This is a story about love. Like she's a she's a she's a, a go getter and an adventurer. Music. Pick me up right out of high school, like right the second the bell rang, came pick me up, and we drove straight to Florida. That's a, a memory that I don't think of often, but when it does come up, like I cherish it, and I tell people that, and they're like, "Wow, your mom sounds so cool." And Christoph Waltz. This is Sydney's story. Welcome back to Sydney's story on My Mom Made Me, Part Two. In part one, we talked about the relationship between Sydney's mom, their joined love of music, how she would sort of bust him out of school and take him to see, how she would bust him out of school and take him to see gigs of bands that he really, really loved, about how his heritage has shaped who he is. His mom came over to the US from Cuba and... And about how Sydney's heritage, his mom came over to us from Cuba, has shaped the man he's become today and the artist he's become today as well. In part two, we're going to be delving a little bit deeper on Sydney's art, his music, and of course, what it's like working with the inimitable star that is Christoph Waltz. So this is part two of Sydney's story on My Mum Made Me. My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. Um, I want you to picture the scene. Like, Imagine, if your imagination will, and I'm sure it will, that you are you, but you're giving the wedding speech at your mum's wedding. So you are you now. Obviously, you know, you're giving the speech at your mum's wedding and you know everything about her that you know now. What is the kind of story or uh, reflection? Yeah, I guess story that you kind of put in your wedding speech about your mom. What's that kind of centerpiece of that speech, do you think? Like she's a she's a she's a a go-getter and an adventurer and I always think that when I was in like my first year of high school um there was um there was a band I liked called Cobra Starship (laughs) and um they uh they were I lived in in South Georgia at this time because uh my that that's where my my stepdad uh, was stationed and we had moved from New York to South Georgia after my parents got divorced and um we I I remember telling her I'm like oh I love this band and like nobody tours in South Georgia because it's not quite the middle of nowhere but not like a major city and she was like oh well where are they playing and I was like oh well they're like the closest is like Jacksonville Florida but that's like was like two hours away whatever and she was like oh let's go let's do it like on the drop of a hat and like the way later on that week uh 
uh, picked me up right out of high school, like right the second the bell rang, came and picked me up, and we drove straight to Florida. And we get there, and um, and there was like two different lines, whatever. We we're trying to figure out which line we should stand in to be granted entry to the show, and one of the workers had mentioned like, oh no, this is a meet and greet line. And the other line is for general admission. And she's like, oh, like meet and greet. Like, okay, um, how do we get, how do we get into this meet and greet? And it was like, oh, you had to get like tickets or something beforehand. Like it's already full. We can't, whatever. So she does a little, uh, you know, smooth talking <laughs> and, Eventually, the person who worked was like, okay, you know what, like, 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 she was like, I, you know, I just drove from, I drove a couple hours with my kid, my kid loves this band, like, is there any way, you know, and eventually the worker's like, okay, okay, just stay at the end of the line, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in, I'll let you in, and she was able to <laughs> smooth talk her way in for her, like, 14-year-old kid to to meet we met the band and we had photos with them and and they were super cool because they're also a, a new york based band so there was a relation there and um yeah i just always i just think of that story because she she saw how much that i loved something and she basically dropped in dropped everything and was like okay yeah let's do it let's go come on Lord. all right and um that's a, a memory that I don't think of often, but when it does come up, like I cherish it. And I tell people that and they're like, wow, yeah. your mom sounds so cool. I'm like, yeah, like my mom yeah. is really cool. Like, I think when it came to nurturing my love for um, live music, my parents like not only stepped up to the plate, but smashed it out of the park. Like my my parents drove me hours to go see different bands, got me tickets for bands that they they knew i loved um and um yeah always always did really really well by me in that sense in in feeding my my love for live music so um that's um a a memory that well i i'm just always gonna cherish because it was just it was like i kind of that was i think one of the first times i looked at my mom and i was like like seeing her as a as a person and not just like my mom and I was like wow like like she's so sick like that's awesome like that is so um yeah that was a, a, a great message so she is like a well she's obviously herself but that act is like a cross between a kind of a Ferris Bueller kind of hustle move like she wow I mean I kind of my on a complete opposite end of the spectrum, Sydney. My mom, sorry, I'm laughing about it because I'm actually quite at the at the time I was quite angry about it. As a kid, uh, I think like all kids, I was really into like Michael Jackson. Now, obviously, we know the horrendous truth about Michael Jackson, and mm -hmm. you know, now no longer. However, as a kid, I was. Yeah, I was. I had a Michael Jackson phase. I he I learned. Oh my god, Moonwalk and Thriller music video, the choreography, like. I was just that is I had that's impressive. Moonwalk. Can you still moonwalk, by the way? <laughs> yes, if I have socks on, yeah, I can access those. We'll have to see that another time. Um, but Michael Jackson was performing in 
I wouldn't quite say the, the British equivalent of South Georgia or, or kind of wherever it was that you referenced before, but in, in Leeds, which is in the north of the country, mm-hmm. at the time it wasn't that big as, uh, as big a city as it now, as it is now not that well known. And I was like, oh my God, he's literally a stone's throw away. We have to go. And my mom was like, my mom was like um, an early adopter of the kind of what then was seen as Michael Jackson conspiracy theory. She's like, no, uh, oh, I've read the court papers and you're not going. I'm boycotting Michael Jackson. I was so angry with her at the time. I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying. You're depriving me of my childhood, whatever. Um, But in retrospect, she was right and I was wrong. However, it didn't make it feel any easier at the time. Um. Now, yeah. um, what, I'd, what I always ask my guests are kind of two questions. I'll ask them both to you, but let's let's like get your answer to the first one first. The first question is, who would play your mum on screen in a biopic of her life? And the second question is, who is your favourite on-screen mum? But love to get your kind of perspective on who's playing Clara. Um, She has gotten comparisons to Salma Hayek, so that's... I'm not even going to think too hard about it, Salma Hayek, I'm going to say. Um, oh, man, my favorite on-screen mom. I have to think about that one. Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to give the wrong answer. <laughs> I say I feel like I'm going to say it, and in like 20 minutes or like half an hour, you'll be like, I should have said this. Um, oh, man. Um, I like Aunt Viv in, um, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. I think, I think that's a great on-screen mom, um, because Uncle Phil, I mean, technically, like, they're not his parents, but they are the parental figures in the show, and... Like Uncle Phil and and Will were always like this, and Aunt Viv was kind of the mediator, kind of like yeah, you know, like let it right. let it slide, or uh, or maybe convince Uncle Phil to take it a little easier on him. But she also laid down the law when it was like time to like if he was in the wrong, she wasn't gonna not let him know that uh, you know, he was. She wasn't going to let that go. She was going to let him know. So kind of, you know, um, strong, strong, empowered and independent. Mm-hmm. I think if I... Yeah, I'm going to... I know it's a great one. And that's the first time anyone's A, referenced Fresh Visible Air and B, um, said Aunt Viv. So that's, a, that's an original, <laughs> unique answer. Well done. If I were to ask the question, I... Um, I'll take it. <laughs> You will have not seen this TV show, but there's a British TV show called Keeping Up Appearances, and there's a, a, a sort of a British actor mm-hmm. called Patricia Rootledge or Routledge, um, who I think is alive, and plays this character called Hyacinth Bouquet, but uh, Bouquet is in like a bouquet of flowers, but her surname is spelt Bucket, so it's B-U-C-K-E-T, but she has everyone pronounce it Bouquet mm-hmm. because she's trying to keep up appearances, hence the uh, title of the show. So she's pretending to be like a lot more upper class than she actually is and whatever. And she has all these sort of like funny skits. But the reason I um, love her is I kind of strangely like people like that. I mean, there's something really gross about it, right? Something really gross about someone like, you know, thinking that those things are important and pretending to be like posh and, and upper class. But also it's kind of funny. It's actually like just really bizarre when you think about it, like, 
okay so this this hyacinth bouquet would have yeah. like um she had like a regular family who had like blood relatives and then she had like fancy neighbors and when the regular family came around she would like put out normal like crockery and knives and forks whatever when the fancy neighbors came around she put out the best stuff but like there are people like that um and i think i don't know like i think that's like the the sort of dark side of me that i find those sorts of people amusing and kind of fun to hang out with not because they're kind of trying to be like something that they're not or whatever but i just find it such an interesting uh, quirk of the human condition that we try and do stuff like that but that would be my um my on-screen well mm -hmm. not my on-screen mom my uh kind of like favorite on-screen mom um i think i want tilda swint do you do you, could you wing this for me? Could you wing Tilda Swinton to play my own mum on screen in a biopic of her life? Oh, sure. I'll just tie the message <laughs> to the carrier pigeon and <laughs> let it throw in, and hopefully she'll get it. Good old, good old Tilda. Works, right? But like T Tilda Swinton in like um, a mix of Tilda Swinton in We Need to Talk About Kevin or uh, whatever that uh, movie is called, and. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the film with her and Idris Elba, and she's um, he's a genie and she's like a language professor, but like her. Oh no! Um, years of longing. Was it yeah. thousand years of longing or something? I remember seeing the trailer for it. I go, I go to the movies quite often, so I saw that trailer a bunch, but I never, I never got the chance. It was to good. I'd it recommend so. it, and she was great as ever. Um, so we haven't talked as much about you recently. Um, you just done this hit TV show. Um, I watched it from start to end. Absolutely loved it. Loved you in it as well. What was that like? Like, what do talk me through getting the call? Like, first day on set. What was it like working with some of the actors there? Yeah. So when I had gotten the audition, I was actually visiting my mom, and I we had like a day of activities or something planned. We were going to go do something, and I got this tape, and I was like. I didn't really read it too much. I was kind of just more so. I was a little annoyed that I, and I'm like, I, I'm grateful to even audition for anything. I want to preface that. Um, but I was annoyed that I was like, oh, like I'm visiting my family. And the last thing I want to do is to have to take time out to do something for work. And then, and then I can hang out with my family. So I was like a little, a little peeved at that. So I kind of just like, I saw it was like a little one one and a half page thing it was like super quick so i was like all right i'm just gonna knock it out and do it and then we can do whatever so i didn't i usually when i get auditions i i'm like folk i look at all the names i'm like who's done what i try to gather as much information from that email as humanly possible um and this is one of the rare times i did not do that and um i I was like, okay, brainstorming. I was like, I have an idea. I could do this, see if it works. I'll do a take. If I like it, boom, I'm going to send it in. So I remember that the character had very limited lines. It was, it was a, a scene that I assume was just for audition purposes, but um, a scene that had a lot of characters in it, and I maybe had said one or two things. So I'm like, okay, I, I want to deliver the lines, make them believable, but also have to find something of interest in the pockets that I'm not speaking. So I'm not just sitting there with a blank look on my face. Um, so I was like, yeah, okay, let me give it a shot, whatever. I did it. And I watched back the tape and I was like, honestly, like, I love it. That's great. I feel good about that. 
and sent it in. So I never just do one take of something and that's the take I send in. I usually do a couple takes and be like, okay, yeah, I like that one. That one, I, you know, I like my reaction. Like I, I'm very uh, uh, critical of myself when I, when I'm doing um, tapes and working. Um, so I had just done the one take of it, sent it in, and then all of a sudden I get a call. They're like, "Yeah, you're on hold for it. They like you." And I was like, "Uh, really?" And even before that, like I had gone back in the email and I was like, "Oh my god, like shit, like this is something with Christoph Waltz. Like maybe." maybe I shouldn't have just done that one take. Like, maybe I should have, like, um, like, not that I didn't try, because I did try, like, in, in terms of analyzing the scene, but I was like, maybe I should have, um, like, worked a little longer on it instead of just, like, flippantly sending something in. And, um, and somehow it worked out. I mean, like, I was proud of the choices I made on the tape, and if, if that's what they saw and were like, yeah, we want to work with this kid. Like, okay, like, cool. I, I will, I will chalk that up as a, as a, as a win in my book. But and like, I just sent it in. And then a little bit after I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should have, uh, really, um, I should have really, uh, given this a little, a little more thought than I did. But, um, yeah. So I, that, that was for the pilot. That was maybe like November ish. 21 or early December 21 and then we did the pilot in December and um I it was really I'm always amazed anytime I'm on a new set I I just love the energy of being on a set I I love working with uh the crew and meeting new actors and and just the awe of like wow like people built this set from nothing and it looks like an amazing like the office was so so cool it was really like i don't have an office job and i um hopefully ne never will but i was just so stunned like the the glass in in enclosure of like of padoff's office and and all the desks and all the toys on the desks, like they just spend so much time working so hard on it to make it look so cool. So by the time I get to set, all I have to do is just, you know, make sure I know the words and I'm doing it the right way and how people want it to be seen and done. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool experience. Um, I loved the actors I worked with. I've, I've obviously seen them and and works before so getting to even yeah wow just getting to even be there and work with them just is not only um uh, it's it's not only amazing to be there but it also makes me feel good about my work because i'm like wow if i think this of these people and we're all in the same room like what does that say about me like it's a it's a it's a really awesome feeling um and um yeah, I'm always just so gracious with with every job that I get, and this was no, uh, not a not a different um, example. It's just very, it was very very cool. The scripts were great, um, the 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 chemistry we all had as as castmates was great. I um, yeah, it was a job that I I very much looked forward to being on uh, every day, and and and. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> it, it does. I, I, I love what you say about the set because 
uh, I just remember thinking, oh my God, I think I want to work for this company based purely on the kind of the office, the neon lights. Like, yeah, it was so, so cool. It really was. I'm always in awe of what, um, what, what crew can do, what they do. Like, ah, uh, just, it, it really like, you're there and you're like, wow, I'm in it. I'm in the world. I don't have to think about anything else because every, like the clothes, the, the, my chair, the little toy on my desk, like it's, it's all doing the work, not for me, but it, it, it does, it, there's no like compensating on my half that I have to do. You know, it, it's, um, I think, I think crew is just incredible and all, all all the designers for everything just like and what what was it like being on set and working with christoph waltz um i have to say that i was terrified of him the entire shoot and more <laughs> it was more um my own projection rather than him because he is such a nice guy such a professional um and I, it, like, unfortunately, you know, of people of a certain status or stature, you, you put them on a pedestal and sometimes you just got to realize, like, they, they're just people. They're just a regular person who's doing a job like you're doing a job. Um, and I, there was, like, a miscommunication, like, I think literally the first day that we were on set or the first yeah, it was probably the first day we were on set where we were all in holding and all of the actors are talking excitedly at each other. And I was, I said something that I was just like, I don't even, I, I had said something and out of the corner of my eye, I saw him make a face and I was like, oh my God, he thinks I'm stupid. He thinks I'm dumb. I'm like, I shouldn't. So then I carried that with me for the entire season. And then it wasn't until after we wrapped, I was having a conversation with another actor and she was recounting that moment of something she had said and he made a face at her. And I was like, wait, I was there and I had said something and he made a face. He was making the face at what she had said and not what I had said. So I, it was like, so I'm like, so I thought that he thought I was stupid for like three months and, um, yeah, and I fumbled um, that opportunity. Not an opportunity, but, like, I fumbled that ball so hard instead of just being, like, regular and treating him like a normal person. I hope that is so cute. So I was very in my head about it. So, but, like, the last uh, the last day, I like to write people thank you cards um, for, like, being on set. Uh, like, either individuals I work with on a daily basis, the cast, producers, directors, but also, like, um, once it gets to be a little more widespread because there are hundreds of people on set and I can't physically write a card for every single person. So I try to hit every department at the very least. So it was my last day on set and I'm doing the thing, trying to get everybody their cards. Um, and, um, I saw Kristoff and I was like, easily I could have given it to a PA so they could put it in his trailer and leave it be but i was like no like you have avoided him out of <laughs> respect and fear <laughs> for the whole time um so i just like oh, okay. all right and i'm like hey chris i'm a card and like, can i give it to you he's like oh yeah just knock on my credit <laughs> i was like 
knock on your trailer. I was like, okay, um, where? So I paced outside his trailer for like five minutes. And then I was like, okay, okay. I knocked on the door. And he answers and he was just so warm and so kind. And I was like, wow, I feel really dumb for like now. Like, I don't know. It just in hindsight would not be so in my head about uh, something like that again. Uh, you know, it's a learning experience. Everything is a learning experience. But um, yeah, it was really just my own insecurities that I was projecting upon that. So I, you know, also like, I don't know. Also like with something like that, like you don't want to bother. I didn't want to bother him. I'm like, I get it. We're all here doing a job. You have a lot of lines, a lot more scenes than I do. So the last thing I want to do is be like, hey man, how's it going? Like what? So yeah, hey at work, man. Oh yeah. I just, I, I just like, I, I, if he wants to strike up conversation, sure. If not, I will let it. That is so cute. It is. So um, yeah. And I'd like, like to be respectful. You'll know this better than I, uh, I guess, but I, uh, I think, as you say, like, you know, people are people, right? And even though you have um, this recognition and notoriety, there, I would imagine being in his position and others like him, you probably do worry about, you know, whether people are being formal towards you because of that or even fake. And those kind of what I what might well be rare moments of like authenticity and rawness, e.g. you going and giving him a card to say, hey, I really enjoyed working with you probably happen far fewer um than you think and he he'll remember that that will stay with him i'm sure and that's such a wonderful wonderful thing yeah i i just wanted to be as as respectful as possible and um i don't like to be uh i understand that like even though being on set is so much fun i understand that like it is work and this is my job and this is other people's jobs and you don't want to be interrupted when you're working so why would you do the same to others? So I try to be very respectful in that though work doesn't sometimes feel like work, I used to have to constantly remind yourself like, yeah, this is this is work and a job and you have to be professional. We and are so. pretty much out of time, but I want to end with a final question. Well, two actually final questions, Sydney. One is your sort of, if if your mom listens to this, what do you want her to know what things have been left unsaid in a positive way and where can we see you next well i just want my mom to know that i love her so dearly she is one of the most important people in my life and a, a huge inspiration and um that i her support is is I, I could never ever put a, a, numer a numerical value on her support and um, I think it's very much made me into the person I am today and yeah I, I love you and I can't wait to see you next um, and I'm gonna call you in like 10 minutes <laughs> um, and yeah where to where to see me next I'm I'm bopping around I'm waiting for not waiting because that sounds very passive but I'm I'm working on securing the next project I uh I have a, a, a movie coming out. I don't know when I have to talk to the director, but um, hopefully by the end of this year, a movie called Rittenhouse Square that I, I shot in uh, Philly in October 21. An amazing experience. Had so much fun. I went to the premiere this past October and I was very proud of the work that we did. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram at anxious hum. 
which also happens to be my band. Um, and we are in the middle of writing a record, and um, hopefully that'll be out ah, um, before I'm 30. That's amazing. Well, Sydney, thank you so much. We are on social media. How exciting. You can find us on Instagram at my mum made me pod. You'll get us on Facebook at my mum made me, Twitter at mum made me, and even TikTok at my mum made me. Why follow us on socials? Well, you're going to get extra bits from the show. You're going to be able to see our guests on video and of course, watch their reactions to my mum's lovely and sometimes a little bit weird voice notes. So give us a like and a follow.